Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you. And now, here is today's message. (laughs) Wow. The Spirit of the Lord has moved in our hearts already, hasn't it? Thank you. Kate and worship leader, worship team who has just really brought us into the, postured themselves to bring us into the throne room. And um, I just want to say, uh, uh, there's, there's something that's really on my hearts to share with you, but I just want to say, as for Larry and I, as spiritual moms and dads, we're, we are so encouraged by your lives. And I'm not just saying that. You know, we've been here a couple times to the time that your senior pastors have been on sabbatical, and we are encouraged. We so appreciate your hearts. We so appreciate the way you just rose up <laughs> and, you know, did what needed to be done. And so I, we, are, we just want to say from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. And we're encouraged by the Newport family. And this morning, I just really have felt God wants to impart. I don't know if you know what the word impart means, but it's different than information. Information comes in the head and it stays there. But impartation goes from the heart of the Father into our heart. Doesn't mean we don't use our minds. The scripture, the greatest commandment was to love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. What an incredible commandment. To love the Lord of God. That love, Jesus, I love you. Father, I love you. Holy Spirit, I love you. And from that place, then we can love our neighbor. And Jesus told her who, who our neighbor was, didn't he? through the story of the Good Samaritan, and it could be that person that's not so lovely. And then to love ourselves. Let me tell you, that is incredible. We can get so sidetracked by all the voices around us and all that stuff that's going around us that we just miss the simplicity of the gospel to love the Lord our God with our hearts, soul, and mind and love our neighbor as ourselves. And you know what that means? We love ourselves then. We know we're loved by God, (laughs) even as Megan was saying. He is madly in love with us. We are valued by God. We don't have to put ourselves down. We are children of God. And I am believing this morning, and I've been praying this ever since I've known that I had to speak here, for this impartation to happen. And our intercessors have been praying also for an impartation that this, what what the Father wants to do this morning is going to go from our heads into our hearts and and just just flows out of our hearts. And as as I was praying, I, and, uh, this week specifically, I saw a picture of a key. And the Lord said, I'm going to be going. He's here, you know. He lives within us. Larry showed it there, showed there, what, we, many sort of messages on the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within us. And so I saw this key unlocking many of our hearts. There was just, he was going around, he was just unlocking. And he wasn't skipping over anybody. He was unlocking keys, things that are deep in our hearts, things that are maybe fears or things that we just have pushed down. And in this season of your life, the Lord's saying, I'm unlocking some stuff. And he's such a good father. You know, I heard this week, and I, I don't know if I ever heard this before, but I think this, I hope it's true. <laughs> and they said, that one of the most reoccurring themes, the most popular theme, most reoccurring theme in the scripture is, you know what? Fear not. Do not be afraid. And it really hit me that that's one of the most reoccurring themes throughout the scripture. Don't be afraid, brothers and sisters. 
God is at work. There is an amazing work that he's doing in our lives and throughout our world. It might look messy, but let me tell you, he is on the throne. He is establishing his purposes, and he's fulfilling his destinies through us. And I, 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 what I felt for this morning was to read a passage of scripture, and we're going to have it up on the PowerPoint and I hope I don't mess this up. <laughs> I, this is the first time I've ever used PowerPoint. So thank you, Madeline, for bearing with me. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I've grown up. I'm using PowerPoint. <laughs> Larry, do you see I'm using PowerPoint? And so, I, but it's a scripture from where your, your, your theme, where your theme was what? Living with zeal? And your theme comes from this. And so I'm asking the Father to impart to us now this morning. Just, let, just take a deep breath and receive from him. What's he want to speak to us? There's only like a couple verses here. I'm not going to speak on every verse. I'm just going to pick a couple things out. But I want you to just open your heart up to what the Father's saying. Romans 12, 9 to 16. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. I love what some translations say. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be without hypocrisy. One other translation says, don't just pretend you love others, really love them. And verse 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another ab ab above yourselves. And I love another translation says, take delight in honoring others. Do you know what to be honoring, honoring other? It's like, I make room at the table for you. I might not agree with you, but you are a child of God. You are made in the image of God. And so I make room at the table. And I listen and I honor you. I don't even have to agree with you, but I honor you. I honor who God's called you and created you. We make room at the table. Let it never be lacking in zeal. And that was your, your uh, theme, wasn't it? But keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I just, I, I, I just felt the Holy Spirit call me to, as I was reading over this to pause me. Pause, had me pause a bit. We're like, of course we don't hate people. But do we? Jesus said it in another way. And, this is, and in fact, a lot of this scripture in Romans here, Jesus, it's, it's, it's teachings of Jesus. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 5. Uh, Matthew 5 is an incredible passage. You need to study that sometimes. It's powerful. He said, you have heard the law of Moses say, hate your enemies. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In this way, you will be acting as true children of your father. In fact, Jesus said it another way. In, in the same way in Matthew 5, he said, you know, I, the law of Moses. And now he didn't abolish the law of Moses. He fulfilled it. But it was a far greater because he took us into a place of love like we, have ne like we never experienced. The Pharisees just knew, yeah, hate your enemies, yeah. Yeah, eye for an eye. I'm gonna, you know, and I don't murder. I, I'm, I don't murder. And he said, but I'm telling you that if you have hate in your heart, you've already murdered. Brothers and sisters, I know none of us would say we hate. <laughs> but I have heard rhetoric in the body of Christ these last years of hate. Hating, and, and, it's, and, and the thing is, guys, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We are fighting in, in power and praise and thanksgiving against principalities and powers. It's not about people. But there are people that just bug us. There are people that, you know, persecute us. There are, there are people groups that we might hate. 
And God is saying, I'm telling you, Jesus is saying, I want to take you to a higher level. I want you to know that if you even have hate in your heart, your murder, and say, God, I need the mercy of God to love, to love without hypocrisy. And let's go on. What Verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but we're willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. I love what the New Living Translation says. It says, don't try to act important, but enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. <laughs> I always loved that. I was always like, yep. You know, we don't have to, listen, brother, we don't have to know it all. <sighs> we don't have to know it all. I think there's sometimes it's more important to be kind than right in some of our situations. We don't have to know it all. He is the one that knows it all, and he is at work in our lives. And so this morning, I want to see this impartation of learning to come into a place of loving without hypocrisy. Let me tell you, we cannot get from here to there on our own strength. There's no way I can grit my teeth and you can grit your teeth and say, I'm going to love without hypocrisy. I'm going to really love. I'm not going to pretend. Because our love is limited. And this is where the only one, Jesus, who has the perfect love, there is no hypocrisy in his love. His love is pure. For God so loved. That love in him, we receive. And we allow this, that love to flow through him. We love it. There's so many voices around us. Listen, let's just get back to some real simplicity of the gospel. Ephesians 3.18, this is one of my favorite scriptures, and it says that Christ, Paul paid, prayed, prayed this um, to, to the Ephesian church, he said that Christ would be at home in your hearts by faith, and that you would be rooted and grounded in love. It's, and he said, and then, that you would comprehend the height, the depth, the length of my love, and you'd be filled up with the fullness of God. I paraphrased that a bit. But notice he said, rooted and grounded in not doctrine. Now, God, now guys, doctrine is important. Theology is important. But it's interesting in this passage, he goes, I want you to be so rooted and grounded in love that you will be able to comprehend. And that word in Greek means receive. Brothers, this is we receive. It's not a head thing. It is just a faith that we receive, that we're loved by God, that he loves his people, he loves the nations, he loves the world, and in that place we receive. And in that place, we, we, as we receive and we walk in that place, his love flows through us then to other people. And 1 John 1, 7, I think this is, I have this on the power. Yes, thank you, Madeline. 1 John 1, 7, if we're living in the light of God's presence, just as Christ is, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That word fellowship, you see that word fellowship there? It means koinonia. It's a Greek word meaning koinonia. It means communion with God. And it says, yep, and then it says, uh, I don't know if I have this, but koinonia with God comes from a real personal. There it is. Thank you. Oh, it's working. <laughs> koinonia with God comes from a real personal encounter with Jesus and surrender him as Lord. This is the communion. This is it. This is, this is the loving without hypocrisy, this place that God wants to take us so that this koinonia, this fellowship we have with God, 
that we see Christ in us doing the work, whether we're driving down the road, or whether we're in the garden or putting oil in the car, no matter what we're doing. This isn't more spiritual than that because Christ is in us. His, 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 um, his power is in us. His kingdom is in us. His Holy Spirit is within us. And so wherever we go, even to the darkest places, we carry with us the presence of Christ. And I tell you, it changes. It's a lifestyle that we can't become. And so as we fellowship with God, as we grow in this journey with God, when, when we live in this kind of love relationship, and, and the, the scripture is so clear. In fact, I think it's, um, I'm not even sure, I think maybe it's Hosea, it says that he loves us with an everlasting love. And it's a, it's a love that as if two people in love with each other. That's the kind of love. He says he's betrothed us. That's pretty strong words, isn't he? He's betrothed us to him. And so when we have this kind of love with our relationship with Papa God, we have the same quality of loving fellowship with one another. And guys, the world needs this. We need it in the body of Christ. And the world needs this kind of love, this place of honor. And one of the practical ways, one of the practical ways we can see this love released is a tiny little, and if we go back to that verse, the the main verse again, uh, first, uh, Romans 12, thank you. Yep, did you see that in the piney, uh, where is it? Maybe the third or fourth, it says, um, practice hospitality. Do you see that, or is it that up there? Yep, there it is. Practice hospitality. Now listen, <laughs> don't you write me off here, <laughs> okay? When you hear the word hospitality, right away you think, oh my goodness, that is something with, you know, you have to have a gift of hospitality, which there is gifts of hospitality. Or we think of being in the kitchen. But I'm telling the biblical, when Paul wrote this, it was to the Roman church. And it was to men and women and young and old. He said, okay, guys, among all that, I want to honor, I want you to love, walk in brotherly love, or honor each other, be joyful and everything, and I want you to help God's people. And then in the middle of that, he said, and practice hospitality. And so we look at that word, what hospitality means. And that word, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the, the Greek word for hospitality, but it's a, it's a love of strangers, to reach strangers, a person to whom one is not acquainted. Now, I know some of us in this room are introverts and we're hyperventilating right now. <laughs> but let me tell you, how this is fleshed out will look different for each one of us. But there is something God wants to restore. And listen, you guys have it here. You have... You have a, a real sense of hospitality, but I want to explore this a little bit because I feel it's so needed, especially since we've come through what we've come through in the last couple of years, where this we've prone more to isolation, prone more to you know being our, being with individual. Americans are very individualistic. If you go to Eastern cultures, there's much more of a uh, you know even in Africa, there's much more of a an oh you know we're not there's not an individualistic. It's more of a, a our home is open you know, and this is more than just opening your home, brothers and sisters. And that's why I want us to look at. It's to love strangers, practice kindness to strangers, fund of guests. So I'll let the Holy Spirit work in you <laughs> this morning where he wants to take you with that. But I think it's worth looking at it and saying, God, could you make adjustments in our heart as believers? And I, the last one, the D, the, their last one, I wrote that myself. It's to impart to everyone who crosses the threshold of our lives the presence of Christ. Jesus said, I was a stranger, and you invited me in to your home. 
It's imparting the presence of Christ to everyone, believers and unbelievers. And let me tell you, this is not something to do on your to-do list. <laughs> this is not a program. This is not something that, that you, you have to figure out. I'm not going to give you a bunch of how-tos or anything like that. I want us to receive an impartation of the Father's heart. It is the welcoming heart of the Father. That's what it really is. It's releasing the welcoming heart of the Father in our lives. He is a welcoming God. Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. I'm knocking at your door. He's welcoming. He's always. This. The Father is a welcoming God. And so I believe it's something that I know it's in our hearts, but I want to see it just birthed in our hearts. I want to see it just that we live this, we breathe this, that wherever we go, whether it's the marketplace, whether it's in our homes, but that we have this sense that the Father is welcoming so we can welcome and love others. 1 Peter 4, 8, 9 says, be hospitable to one another without complaint. And so if there's anything you get today, I want you to, this is what I want, I believe hospitality, biblical hospitality is releasing the welcoming heart of the Father to all those around us. Releasing the welcoming heart of the Father. And this next thing, what I say, I am not being negative. I really am. I've said it for many, many years. Larry knows I've said it. And, and I'm not being negative, okay? But the, the communities are not breaking down the doors to come into our Sunday morning meetings, are they? Now, our Sunday morning meetings are important. And God has a purpose for them. And we are family. And we are to be planted at a place. We are not just to be living stones, a pile of stones on a Sunday morning. We are to be planted and connected with one another. Scripture says that we're, we're knit together so that we can do the one another, serve one another, love one another. That's why it's so important to be part of a, of a community, family, a Christian community. It's incredibly important. But I, the, the true truth is, and, and I know there's a hunger, there are people that do come to our meetings and our gatherings, but there's a lot, a lot of people that will never come in to a Sunday morning meeting or even a house church meeting or a small group. How will they see the welcoming heart of the Father unless we take this out into our world? I wrote down here, as servants of Christ, Christ living in and through us, we are expressing Showing the heart of the Father to all who cross our paths in our homes. And let me tell you, our homes are an incredible important place to welcome people. And I know that looks different for all of us. But it is time for us to see, just, the, just receive that welcoming heart of the Father in our homes, in our college dorm rooms, in the coffee shops, in our parks. It is putting human flesh on the gospel. If you look at hospitality in the scriptures... We see it all the way back to Genesis 18 when Abraham opened the flap of his tent and he saw three visitors coming toward him. And it says he immediately welcomed those visitors. And all the way through, even to Exodus, Exodus 22:21, God exhorts the Israelites, and you shall not wrong a stranger or oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. God saying, listen, guys, you know what it's like to be a stranger. You know what it's like to be in Egypt. So I don't want you oppressing strangers. I don't want you oppressing those around you. All the way through the New Testament, we see this, this welcoming heart of the Father. We see this idea of a biblical hospitality. Matthew 10, 40, Jesus said, anyone who welcomes you is welcoming me. And then verse 42, he said, if you give a cup of cold water to the least of me, least of these, my brothers, you've done it unto me. Guys, you give a cup of cold water to someone, to the least of these. 
Jesus says, just like you're doing it to me. And then Luke 14, a scripture that sometimes kind of, we kind of causes us to pause. When you put on, this is Jesus talking, Luke 14, 12, when you put on a luncheon or dinner, don't invite your friends, brothers, rich neighbors, relatives, for they will repay you by, by, by pay you by inviting you back. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And then at the resurrection of the godly, God will reward you for inviting those who cannot repay you back. Now listen, we know it's not wrong. Looking at the full counsel of God, we know it's not wrong to have our friends in our house, to have our family in our house. And most Bible scholars, and Megan, you're more of a Bible scholar than I am, but, <laughs> but it's called an idiom. Where the, in, in places like this, where a phrase or expression has a different literal meaning, has a different meaning than the literal. Like Jesus said, in, in Luke 14, he says, if anyone comes to me and doesn't hate his father and brother and mother or sister, he can't be my disciple. And we're like, what? What was this tense response? We know what he was saying. As we look at the full counts, he's saying, listen, guys, if you don't love me more than you do father, mother, brother, and sister, you can't really know me and know my disciple. So we're not saying we can't have people in our home that invite us back. I feel there's something here that Jesus is saying. I'm going to give a great reward. There is a love that I want to give to each one of us that takes us into a dimension of love far greater when we invite people that can't have us back. And that can be within the church. That can be our neighbors. That can be wherever. But this, it's, what it is, is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, 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 the welcoming heart of the Father that just rises up in our hearts. And we say, yes, Lord, to unbelievers, to believers. Galatians, I think this was said this morning, Galatians 6.10, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. Hospitality in the early church was house to house. They met home to home. There were no church buildings for, what, how many years, Larry? 200 years. <laughs> so they met house to house. So there was a, a sense of opening their home, welcoming their home. And all through, in fact, Paul commended in, in Romans 12, no, I'm sorry, Romans 16, Paul commended a man named Gaius. Now, Gaius had opened his home to the Corinthian church. And Paul said, Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church enjoy, sends you greetings. And later on, 1 John, and 1 John, that was, that was the apostle John that said, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loves. Do you know that each one of you can say that today? <laughs> I'm the disciple whom Jesus loves. And so this is the Apostle John, and he was saying, and we won't go to it, but he was saying, listen, there's this guy named Gaius, and I want to recommend, because he is, he is welcoming people. He is welcoming strangers, and I commend that. But then he said, but there's this guy, and I think his name was Diotrephes or something like that. <laughs> he said, but I'm telling you, he won't welcome people. And I'm telling you, that's not good. <laughs> and he kind of scolded him. So there, you see, this, you see this, this biblical hospitality, this welcoming heart, expressing the welcoming heart of the Father, especially to those that are hard to love. Different cultures, maybe. Different opinions. Those that persecute us. There is a love the Father is working in our hearts. Christ in us. That love, that place of surrender. We, we, we sang about it, we worshiped, we talked about it this morning. This place of surrender that we let go and we say, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. You live in and through me. You work in and through me. And so there's a couple, key, there's two keys. There's lots of things, but I'm just going to talk about two things here. There's two keys here. And that the first one is 
coming to a place, and this is what I believe God's going to impart this morning. I don't want you to think here, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that, I promise. I want you to open up your hearts. Just open up your hearts and say, Lord, I let go. <laughs> I let go. And I let you have your way. And I surrender. Because this morning, he wants to take us deeper than we've ever gone before. I'm so convinced he's always doing that. He's always at work. Scripture, Jesus looked at his disciples. He said, I'm always at work. The Father's at work, and I'm always at work. And so the Lord is always at work. So there's this place of surrendering and receiving. This place of surrender and receiving. Guys, just receive it. Can we walk in that place that we receive it? Let's not try to figure it out. He's manly. He loves us. And he wants this love to flow through us to others. And so receive it. And the second one, a key, is releasing judgments in our hearts. I believe that in order to see this sense, this Father's welcoming heart, we need to release judgments in our heart. Now, we get nervous <laughs> when we talk about judgments. And I, I want to make it of this right here in the beginning. When I'm talking about releasing judgments based on opinions and appearances. And I know what this is like. I know in my life when I've done this. Appearances and opinions, I judge people. And the Lord is saying, listen, one of the keys I want is to release judgment so that you can truly love that without hypocrisy. And, and this is not, this is not where we could, we, we, we do not compromise our convictions that God has put in your hearts and our hearts. We don't compromise the word of God in our lives. But we are willing to say, Lord, I want to see people the way you see him. And I love what Sean Bolt said in his book, Translating God. He said, Jesus saw people from the Father's point of view. He saw them those as though they were restored to their original design. And Megan, you talked about that today, that God sees us in our, you know, our, in the cross, in our original design, or our intention, original intention. He didn't treat them as he hoped they would be someday, not like a coach who sees people's potential and tries to upgrade them to his coaching ability. But Father treats them as if they were already restored. God sees people restored. When Jesus was moved with compassion, it was not just a feeling he had. Many times it would say, and Jesus was moved with compassion. And Jesus was moved with compassion. When he was moved with compassion, it was not a feeling, but an understanding and connection of what these people meant to the Father. And that's what I want us to get. Jesus was moved with compassion as he looked at the people. And he's like, Papa loves these people. My father loves these people. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Jesus knew what was going on. He saw the bigger picture. And he says, I want to see these people. I see these people as my father sees them. And so there is this place as we release judgments in our hearts that God wants to do this incredible work in our hearts and to see from God's point of view. And I say, God, give us that heart. Can we say that? God, give us that heart. Let's just, just close our eyes a moment. Holy Spirit, we can't figure this out, Lord. But you're here. You're moving among us. You live in us. Jesus, give us that heart to see people the way you see them. On this journey, Lord, we receive from you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, there's a story in Luke 9, 
And the disciples were heading toward Jerusalem. And the Samaritans, and there was bad blood between the Samaritans and the Jews. There was a lot of prejudice. There was a lot of bias. They didn't like each other. And so the Samaritans didn't allow Jesus and the disciples to go through their town. And the disciples, and this is the way I can react a lot, the disciples were like, Jesus, let's call fire down from heaven. And I, I don't know about you, but I have felt that way. Just let's call fire down from heaven. Who do they think they are? Jesus, you're, you're, you're the Messiah. We have authority. Let's call fire down from heaven. And this always pierces my heart. Jesus turned and he rebuked him. And this is what he said. You do not know what kind of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Do you hear the Father's heart? He's saying Jesus was, is merciful. Because later on in that same chapter, the Samaritans... This, in that same chapter, Jesus uses the example of the Good Samaritan. He gave the story. That, that outcast Good Samaritan. It was the outcast Good Samaritan that helped the stranger on that path. And then later on, a whole village came to, cry, to Jesus through the witness of one lady, a Samaritan lady. And then later on in Acts 8, 9 to 25, the entire region of Samaritans received the gospel. Can you imagine if Jesus would have called fire down from heaven then? Do you imagine what would happen to the Samaritans' hearts? And I don't assume to know all this, but I'm telling you. I say, Jesus, keep my heart just open and pure so that you don't have to look at me and say, Laverne, you don't know what spirit of you have. The rhetoric we use sometimes, the things that we use, and I just want to tell you, just my journey, very quickly, I'm going to make it like this. <laughs> I, I grew up in a very conservative, very sheltered, and I appreciate my heritage. Very sheltered commu community, but it was very much them and us. We had the answers, they didn't, and we were out to save them, which is okay. We are here to, to make disciples. But in that place, when we were teenagers, there was a group of us, and some of you know this story, we're like, we just got to get out of this bubble we're in. We got started. I went to a public school, so it wasn't like I was totally in, you know, a total bubble, but I... I, I, um, it was just there. It was always there. We were just, it was just very, very conservative, um, sheltered. And we said, we're going to go to a community nearby, neighborhood, neighborhood community, where the kids have no church background. They don't know. And we, a lot of them did not know anything about Jesus. And we're going to play bas baseball with them. And we're going to have crafts with them. And we just started doing this. This was back in the, this was back in the late 60s. <laughs> you know, I was a, I was a teenager. And, I, and so we said, yes, we're going to do that. And the long story short is that God started working in these kids' lives, but God started doing stuff in my life. And in the meantime, Larry and I got married. At a ripe old age, I was 19 and a half. <laughs> and um, back in the early 70s, you did stuff like that, you know. But anyhow, I got married, and Larry and I went to a mission center on Johns Island, which was uh, about 20 miles off of Charleston. And it was the story was that in, this, in the slavery days, the slaves would come across, swim across, to escape, to come on the island. So we lived on an island in a ministry center, and we lived and worshiped with the people on the island. We, we, we became friends of the people on the island, and God started just doing this work out of me, just living in this, this is how I thought life was. And God started showing me different cultures and how God is just in many different cultures. And God started, in that place, started working in our hearts for nations. 
and then they came back, and 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 we were involved in um, just uh, you know with with um, um, with these kids again. Kids were coming to know Jesus. Our house was packed, and Katrina was just a little baby then, <laughs> but our house was packed with with kids revolving doors, and you know it was just kids that didn't love us. You know we loved them. Demons were cast out. There was a lot of stuff going on. But in that time, the Lord showed us a lot about boundaries, didn't he, Larry? <laughs> but he started, he started getting judgments out of our hearts of how he sees people. And in the meantime, then, Dove Christian Fellowship started from that, from those, those years. And then many, about 15 years ago, God had me open up my, our house hope for a, for a house church. Mostly of single mothers, father, and single parents, uh, kids that did not come from Christian backgrounds, none unchur- unchurched. And so I was a house church leader for that years. I won't tell you all about that, but it's very, it really was impacting to me because, again, the Lord was getting judgments out of my heart of how I looked at these people that were not in my world. <laughs> and uh, they, they came into our home. And um, I remember the first year when we started building relationship with them. They said, you know, and a lot of them came, a lot of them worked in, um, they worked in uh, the re- restaurant business, you know, or they w- worked at the, the bar, something like that. So they were friends of the friends of friends. And so they said they, they would meet Christians, uh, you know, in the restaurants. And they said this. They said, what we felt for many Christians is that we were a project, not that we were really loved. Now, that could be their perspective, that their perception. It really could. And I remember I took it with a grain of salt, but it pierced my heart. Because I thought, Lord, let me love. Let your love flow through me with hypocrisy. Sure, I want to see people come to Christ. Let's I burn with that. But let it be from this place that I am loved by the Father, and that love flows through me to other people. Jesus responded to the Pharisees. They were accusing him of healing on the Sabbath. John 7, 24, and he said, Stop judging based on superficial on the superficial. First, you must embrace the standards of mercy and truth. This is, he gave us a standard. He said, I want you. Uh, and, and let me, you know, I didn't, I didn't mention this. There is a place for judgment, okay? Maybe not what I'm talking about, but uh, there is a place where Jesus, did I share that? Where Jesus said to, in Matthew 18, he said, look, if someone sins, here, here's some instructions how to handle it. And then 1 Corinthians 5 and many other places, it does, there's a place of accountability in the church when we do confront sin. So I, I, I think I forgot to say that. But there is this place, Jesus said, don't let your judgments be superficial. Let, it, let, let our lies be embraced by mercy and truth. Do you know you can, you can kill someone with truth if you don't have mercy? We, there's people that throw Bible verses around. They kill. They kill. They, 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 they sap the very living. We said, Paul, call, call down. Pull down those walls of religion, Lord, that would just want, want to get it right instead of coming from a place of mercy and truth. But mercy without truth is deceiving and what some people call sloppy agape. <laughs> but it's, there's mercy. Brothers and sisters, we embrace mercy and truth in this journey. Now, I'm going to close here in a couple minutes. And I want us to read to, I, I think it's going to be up on the, the um, what's it called? PowerPoint. <laughs> See, I don't even know what it's called. So, <laughs> 1 Corinthians 4, 3 to 5. This is Paul, right into the Corinthians church. And he said, what about me? Have I been faithful? Well, it matters very little what you or anyone else thinks. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. My conscience is clear, but that isn't what matters. The Lord himself 
who will examine me and decide. So be careful not to jump to conclusions. Be careful not to jump to conclusions before the Lord returns as to whether or not someone is faithful. When the Lord comes, he'll bring our deeper secrets to light and reveal our private motives, and then God will go give to everyone whatever praise is due. Now, we know, the scripture says, that we know him by our fruits. But we are not called to judge motives of other people's hearts. We are not judged to judge each other's hearts. God does that. And we start with me. I start with saying, Lord, I open up my heart to you. I, I, I don't even know sometimes. Paul said, I don't even know sometimes where my heart's at. But so, Lord, you work in my heart. Jesus, come. This is where the place of surrender comes. You work in my heart. You release these judgments in my heart. And I heard someone recently say, you know, we say love the sinner and hate the sin. But she said something I thought was very interesting. Whether, whether you like it or not, I'm not sure. But she said, I say, love the sinner and hate my sin. Where I say, Lord... <laughs> You work in my heart before I before I let my the the rod the what is it the rod or the the in my is it rod in my eye you, you know getting the, that little speck out of someone else's eye. There's a story that God that I share at the leadership school when I teach on the fear of the Lord. There's a story of a, a family that was found this cute little puppy in the Gulf of Mexico, and no one owned it. No one claimed it. So they said, well, we're taking it home. I guess they live nearby. And they took it home. They cleaned it up. It was the cutest little puppy. And they went to work, had the puppy at home. And when they came home that night, the puppy had killed the, their, their cat. And they're like, oh, this is, this is one weird puppy. So they took it to the veterinarian. And the veterinarian said, that's not a puppy. That's a rat. It's an African rat that probably came over from one of the cargo in one of the cargo ships. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, a rat's a rat's a rat. Whether it's in a sewer, for me, whether it's in a sewer or in a palace, it's a rat. And I'm telling you, the flesh is the flesh is the flesh. Whether we're intoxicated by religious zeal and that we're going to get this done and it's on our own strength and it's striving and it's performance or whether you're intoxicated by alcohol, it's flesh. Whether you're intoxicated... <laughs> With self-indulgence, I'll just do whatever I want. Or it's very highly self-disciplined if it doesn't come from the place of Christ living in me. If it comes from a place of striving and performance and i got to look good and all that other stuff, it's flesh. <laughs> it's all going to burn up. The scripture says that we will stand before a holy God. We're in. <laughs> We're in. He took our punishment. He took our, our guilt and we stand before a holy and loving God. We're in. But we will. Our deeds, all that will, will pass before his holiness and the fire of God holiness. And it says that that which is done and based on and hay and stubble is going to burn up. We're in. But it's going to burn up. But only that which was based on gold and silver will last. And I don't assume, I share this with the students, I don't assume to know what that means, but I think a lot of it is heart issues and motives. Where we... We do things on our own strength in the church, <laughs> tradition, and all that stuff. And it's, it's just, we stand before the Lord. If it comes from a place of striving and a place of, I can do this on my own strength, it's going to burn up. But only that which is done with Christ in me, a place of surrender, that's going to be gold and silver. And I know there's a lot more to that. But I, I'm saying 
This is an incredible thing to realize. It's, it's such a freeing thing to say, God, you work in and through me. You do the work in me. I am tired of trying. I'm trying, I'm weary of trying harder. I want to see Christ doing the work in and through me. Jesus, you love through me. Jesus, you work through me because I'm a surrender to you so that I'm just as close to Jesus as I'm driving down the road in the car as I am in a prayer meeting because Christ is in me and I'm ministering. He's ministering to me. I'm ministering in the same for all of us. So there is this place and we're going to we're going to take some time here. I don't want you promising I'll do better. I want you just surrendering. Because <laughs> he's here. And I can, I just, if we allow this impartation, and it'll look different for all of us, but if we allow it, we could see communities changed. And God knows we need it. God knows we need it in the body of Christ. Tell you the truth, I'm 71 years old, but what I've seen, and I'm not discouraged, but what I've seen in the body of Christ some of the last years with judgments and hate and rhetoric, I, I just, my heart has just been grieved. And I'm not talking about sloppy agape. You hear my heart. I walk in the fear of God and the reverence of God. But there is a place that the Holy Spirit wants to take us that we are free. And that we're loving without hypocrisy. Our love is not pretense. We don't see people as projects, but we see them as the as the Father sees them. That they're made in the image of God. So I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask us to stand, and the worship leader would come forth. Uh, thank you, Kate. Um, we're not. I don't want. I'm not even going to have the the the. the what do they call it? Prayer counselors. Prayer counselors. I want you to be part of this. I feel. The Spirit of the Lord is here. And there's something that he's going to do. I'm believing it's going gonna, it's gonna to change each of our hearts in a fresh new way. And it's a journey. Guys, it's a journey. But there's something that, wants, that God wants to do in each of our hearts. That's called the impartation. I want you to stand. If all of you would stand. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind. Is it possible to keep the lights a little low? Because I, I feel this at this moment... I want it to be something between you and the Father, just you and Jesus. I would like some of you, you can stay at your seat, but I would think there's some that want to come up here and just kneel at the altar or sit by the altar. I think some of you might even want to lay back in that. <laughs> there's this place as, as Kate and the team ministers to us. I'm believing that there's an impartation of the Father's welcoming heart coming on our lives. If you will receive it, it goes for, not here, don't, don't, don't do it in the head. Receive it in your heart. Father, you're here. We ask for an impartation, a deep impartation of the welcoming heart of the Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Father God. Do a deep work in us. Oh, you so love us. That this love will be taken to everyone, this everyone that crosses the thresh, our threshold this week in the marketplace, wherever it is, Lord, they will sense the Father's love because we're free inside. And so do your work. I'm, I'm going to ask that some of you do come front. I feel there's something that, that step of just 
not everyone. You can, you can find the impartation right there, but there's some of you just come. We're not going to have people praying for you. This is between you and the Father. But I would just ask that many of you would confront or go in the back and just find this place of surrendering. Can you do that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, have your way. Have your way. Jesus. Come, go as God, as the Holy Spirit leads you. Thanks for listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.